Well, it's good to sing with you this morning, sing of God's greatness. You know, when we sing a hymn like that, uh, I can't help but think of all the different people and, and churches that have sung that song. Uh, I did a little research and saw that that song was written in 1885 uh, by a Swedish man. And so just think of all the generations, all the languages, and all the countries that that song has been through to reach us here in Fairfax today. All the worship, all the people who have lifted high the name of Jesus and sung about his greatness. Um, we want to lean into that this morning, to lean into how good God is, and lean into God's word to see what it would have for us this morning. So go ahead and have a seat. Have a seat and get your Bibles out. Uh, if you didn't bring your Bible with you this morning, if you could raise your hand, and our ushers will um, get you a Bible this morning. If, the, if you don't own a Bible, feel free to, to keep that Bible as a gift from us to you. Well, my name is Ben Garcia, and I serve as a director of worship arts here at Harvest. And over the last... Three weeks, we have been in a sermon series called Go Beyond. Um, but Go Beyond is, is more than just sermons. Uh, Go Beyond is a church-led initiative to encourage, organize, and mobilize people to better our community through acts of service. And so we've organized projects. We've had four projects over this past month. We have mobilized you, the people, to go and do those projects, and I hope uh, I hope that you've been encouraged as you've uh, taken part in these things. Uh, I know I have. But let me ask you a question. Why, why do we do these things? What, or should I say, who is our motivation for, for doing acts of service? Come on, give me, give me the easy Sunday school answer. Oh, yes. And then, and then if we were in Sunday school, I'd say, come on, kids. Well, give me more energy than that. What, what's the motivation for doing this? Jesus. All right, and just to give you a hint, um, if I do that again, the answer is going to be Jesus. So just be ready for it, okay? Yes, Jesus is the answer to our why we do these things. And I'm glad you answered that. Because um, sometimes it's easy to lose sight of our original motivation, to lose sight of, of our focus, of the original reason why we started to do something. Uh, kind of like, have you ever, why do you go to a restaurant? Why do you go out to eat? Because you're hungry, right? But if that was the case, at some point in the meal, you'd probably stop eating because you're full. If, if our purpose is hunger, then when you're full, you'd stop. But you're probably full after the breadsticks and salad, to be quite honest. Anybody else with me on that? But, but, but at some point, it went from the motivation of hunger, and we're just eating because, well, it, it's fun. Am I right? Anyone else with me on that? Anyone likes good food? Thank you, Matt Rumbaugh. Uh, at some point, we've lost motivation of hunger, and now we're just eating for the fun of it because it tastes delicious. Well, we don't want to lose sight of our motivation that is Jesus Christ. And so, so the question of how we're supposed to keep this up, I have for you this morning in two words. And this is going to be our big idea for the morning, so make sure you write this down. The way we're going to keep this up is be shiny. Okay, right? I know it's a, it's a difficult one. Be shiny. Now, before you get out upset with me, you know, what, what is this? Be shiny, new age, mumbo jumbo. Why they let the worship leader preach on Sunday? Just, just bear with me. We're going to look into God's word, I promise, to see, um, see what, how, how Jesus himself would ask us 
to be shiny this morning. So open your Bible to Matthew chapter 5. We're going to start in verse 14 and go to verse 16. And just to give you a quick background, um, Jesus had just finished healing a bunch of people. He, he is uh, healing disease. He's, there's people who are paralyzed and he's, he's making them walk again. He's, he's casting out demons. And when you do this sort of thing, uh, not that I would have any firsthand experience, but when you do this sort of thing, uh, when Jesus did it, you get a crowd. People follow you. And that's the case here. Jesus has a crowd. And, and so he sits down to teach these people. And, and this is where we have in chapter 5 what is now known as the Sermon on the Mount. And we're going to look at just a, a, a portion of his sermon here. And start with me, Matthew chapter 5, verse 14. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Father, we pray that as we open your word, Lord, would you fill us with your Holy Spirit? Would you, would you prick our hearts this morning to be doers of the word and not hearers only? We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So note this, church. Be shiny because it's who you are. And I'm getting that from the very first line of verse 14. It says, you are the light of the world. This kind of reminds me, if you've been here for a while, we just went through the book of Ephesians. We studied through the whole book, and we saw, if you remember, that we had a mirror up here, right? And we said that the world wants to, to give us an identity, right? What's the first thing that people ask you when, in Northern Virginia when they first meet you? Anybody? What do you do? Well, I'm an accountant. Well, I work for the government. Well, I'm a teacher. I'm a stay-at-home mom. That can quickly become our identity. I'm married. I'm single. Whatever. Or, or maybe our identity could be found in, in the mistakes and the, the sin of our life. Well, I, I used to be a, an addict. I, I, I'm a failure. I'm a liar. But we saw in the book of Ephesians that it, for those who trust Jesus and their, for salvation, our identity is found in Christ. And here, Jesus is kind of doubling up on that when he says that you are the light of the world. And he's not talking to just one person. So this you is a plural you. So basically Jesus is saying, y'all are the light of the world. Are y'all with me on y'all? You and all squished together, y'all, group of people. You are the light of the world. And he's talking to believers, to Christians, to those who have seen their past, seen their sin. And, and we're not saying that it doesn't exist. We know it's there. But we see the sin and then we see the work of Jesus on the cross, that Jesus suffered and died, was buried, that he rose again. And because he did that, we can have our sins forgiven. He's talking to us, to the church. And he's telling us that you are the light of the world. But many of you might be thinking, as I did as I was studying this, that isn't Jesus the light of the world already? Like, didn't he say that? Or, uh, and, and you'd be right because in John 8, chapter 12, I mean, John chapter 8, verse 12, Jesus spoke to them saying, I am the light of the world. And then he's going to kind of clarify our relationship here. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. See, we can be a light because Jesus is the light. You, you with me so far? We can be a little L light because Jesus is the big L light. And, and to clarify our identity in Christ even further, the Bible would call us children of light. In 1 Thessalonians 5.5, 5, it says, 
for you all, for you are all children of light, children of the day. We are not of the night or of the darkness. And then Ephesians 5.8 says, For at one time you were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. So walk as children of light. Now, I am the son of David and Diana Garcia, which uh, even if I tried to distance myself from my parents, maybe uh, for whatever reason, if you put me next to a picture of my mother, you would know right away that she's my mom. Like, there's no denying. We, we look alike. If you put me next to my uh, sister and my brothers, you would see that we are family. There, there's no denying it. What really kills me is when... Uh, People think that my little brother is the older one and I'm the younger one. I don't know if I should take that as a compliment, as a compliment but uh, it, it doesn't matter. My point is that it is blatant and obvious that I am from the Garcia family. When we look at these verses, is it, is it blatant and obvious that we are children of light as Christians? Are we, that we are um, shining this light that Jesus says that we have? Um, is it evidence in your walk with him uh, that your life is different. Now, uh, just to give you a little insight, a little behind the scenes, I wasn't planning on playing the guitar this morning, but just some things worked out that way and I had to. But uh, uh, I want to thank the band. Thank you, ladies, for leading us this morning so that I could preach uh, today. Thank you. And I'm going I'm to I'm use you guys as a, as a quick illustration. I didn't know I was going to do this, but don't worry, it's not going to be too embarrassing. Uh, but what if we went to the band uh, the band today, or anyone else who sings on this morning, and we, and we went to their co-workers, or maybe their family, and we said, hey, did you know that this person plays music and leads the praise on Sunday morning? What would their response be for you? You don't have to, you don't have to say anything right now, guys. Uh, but would it be like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. I, I, knew, I knew he was probably a Christian. Or, or would they say, uh, wow, you let them on stage? Is, is, <laughs> do you know this person? Uh, what about our Harvest Kids? Anyone volunteer in Harvest Kids in the back? Watch the little ones? There you go. If we talk to your family with your coworkers, would, would they say, uh, you let them with the kids? Don't, don't they do background checks anymore? Uh, we do do background checks. And that's, I'm, not, I'm not digging at you guys, kids workers. But my point is, is our life, are we living our life in such a way that is blatant and obvious that we are children of light? Would, would the people around us know and expect that we would be serving in church or, or doing things like filling backpacks for the homeless. But this is who we are. We need to be shiny because it's who we are. And can I encourage you that maybe you have or you are in the middle of kind of a believing that your identity is something other than light. Maybe you're in the middle of believing that, that um, your identity is in your faults. It's in your mistakes from the past. It's in the things that you've done. And if you have believed in Jesus and and committed your life to him, your identity is not that anymore. Praise God. My identity is not who I once was. Uh, you remember in Ephesians, we talked about that, that it says that we are to put off the old self. We are to what's next? Re renew your mind and then put on the new self. Uh, this, is good, this is a good review. We'll make Pastor Jeff proud when he comes back. We're to put off the old self Renew our mind and put on the new self. Hey, that's not us anymore. We are new in Christ. We've found forgiveness of sin, forgiveness of guilt and shame. All that is washed away by the blood of the cross. We need to be shiny because it's who we are. And Jesus even goes on further 
And I want to thank him for giving me my sermon illustrations this morning. Because let's keep reading. He says, you are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket. But on a stand. And it gives light to all in the house. Now real quick, I'm going to put some pictures of some cities. And I want you to, right where you're at, it's okay. Just scream it out what city it is when you, when you recognize it. Okay, ready? Here's the first one. Paris, next. London, you got it. Keep going. Uh-huh. Dallas, yeah. I had to stick that one in there. <laughs> and then and my last picture is, is of, of the United States uh, at night from space. Look at this. You can see all the way from like Los Angeles, all the way to the East Coast up in New England, Boston area, all the way down by us, Washington, D.C., None of these cities existed in Jesus' day, all right? But the, but the illustration still stands. Like, this is a city, not a town, not, not a little village. This is a city, a big place. Uh, and Jesus even goes further and says, a city set on a hill. So he's painting this picture of us for us. Like, you couldn't tell any of this uh, if, if all the lights were turned off. But the lights are on. It's being shiny. You can see it. Even those pictures, there were certain characteristics that lets you know right away, oh yeah, that's, that's Seattle. I, I, I recognize that. Are people recognizing us the same way they would recognize these cities as children, as followers of Jesus Christ? Are we being shiny? Because not only is that who we are, it's what we do. Light shines. This is what we do. Um, uh, we can be recognized from far away just like these cities were. We can uh, light up the dark where we're at. Um, are we lighting up the dark in the same way the cities would? And Jesus goes on from the city and says, um, nor do you light a lampstand and put it under a basket. Now, you'd be surprised at how much detail, detail people know about the lamps in Jesus' day as I was reading and studying. And I'm not going to go into all that because I, I think the point stands. Jesus is saying, you don't buy a lamp to hide a lamp. You don't go to Ikea and look at all the 150 lamps that they have there, tall lamps, small lamps, Big lamps, lamps for kids, lamps for adults, and bring it back home, assemble it for two hours, and then hide it in the closet. That's not what you use lamps for. You use lamps to, to give light into your home. Um, and the light of Jesus within us, uh, the light of the Christian is meant to go beyond the personal use and, be, and benefit the entire community. That's why he says you put it on a lamp in the middle of the house and it gives light to the whole room. To everyone in the house, are you shiny for Jesus? Are you shining his light? Can people see that you live your life in a different way? God has chosen us. God has chosen us to, to spread his reputation, to spread his praise, to spread his glory uh, by shining his light. Be shiny because it's what you do. Let's keep on going to, to verse 16. So he says, in the same way, just like the city, just like the lamp, in the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. So the first thing, let your light shine before others. If Jesus was kind of being implicit before, like not really coming out and saying it, he's being very clear here. Um, we are to display his light in front of other people. It reminds us of the other Go Beyond sermon we had when we we're in Jeremiah 29. Do you all remember this? 
Uh, Jeremiah 29, it's up on the screen. It says, but seek the welfare of the city where I have sent you into exile and pray to the Lord on its behalf for in its welfare, you will find your welfare. Remember, we were saying like, don't, don't separate yourself from the city and have this little Christian corner over here. No, be a part of it. Go, go in the city and excel in business, excel in the arts, excel in your family and in parenting so that your light will shine, that when they see your good works, they'll give glory to your Father in heaven. And let's, let's talk about that for a second, so that they may see your good works. And, and this, is, this is very important because this is another way we could lose sight of our motivation here. Good works is not the light. We've talked about what the light is. The light is Jesus Christ. So good works are not the light. It's the shine that's pointing to Jesus Christ. Um, good works can't be the light because there, there's, there's tons of charitable organizations and generous people, but they don't live for Jesus. They're shining either to themselves or to their organization. Um, I mean, you see this in people like Oprah. Y'all remember watching Oprah? Remember she had, used to have a show? Or people like Ellen. Like, it seemed like every time you turned it on, there's something under the seat. Just assume that there's something under your seat. Hey, everybody, look under your seat. Everybody's got a brand new pressure cooker. And it's for everybody in the room. And everybody goes crazy. And you get a car. And you get a car. And everybody gets a car. And everybody's going nuts. And that's kind of how these people started getting to, to be known for their generosity. Even Ellen every week is like giving tons of cash to people. And they deserve it too. I mean, they're, they're people who are down on their luck. They've, they've encountered sickness. They've lost jobs. Um, and, 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 the, and Ellen especially is, is just always giving. And that's awesome. But it's not to bring glory to God. It's bringing glory to man. And even in, our, in her best intentions, it's bringing glory to herself. May we not be that way, church. Jesus is saying um, uh, that we should that our good works should give glory to our Father who is in heaven. And, and so we need to keep serving horizontally. We serve horizontally uh, by, by just serving people. That's why we call it like that. And then we come here and we worship vertically. We worship up. That's why we have this little symbol here. You see it around. It's not just to look cute. It's to, to point, to, to show us that we always want our church to be a vertical church. As we serve our community, as we serve horizontally, may it all point vertically to give glory to God. And now as I was going through these verses, um, I started just taking kind of account of my own life. And you have to ask, like, how? How do I do this? Like, this is really good, Ben. I appreciate it. But how do I do it? And I found this quote from uh, Pastor John Piper, and it's kind of long, so bear with me. But, but here's what he says on how we could do this. First, you need to fill your mind with the things that exhibit the greatness and value and beauty, and truth of God. And shun all the things that stimulate desires that compete with God. Regulate your life in order to cultivate a passion for God and the things of God. Be ruthless in cutting out of your life everything that stirs up desires displeasing to God. I read that a few times. You're hearing it for the first time, but let me just summarize it for you. Hey, you got to do some work. You got to work at this. Um, holiness does not happen by accident. You're not going to come and have this awesome worship experience at church on Sunday, and then you're you're fixed and you're you're done with all those other uh, vices and, and sins in your life. No, you got to work. You have to make a bunch of boring little decisions that lead to a life of consistent 
godliness because sometimes being shiny is not flashy. Being shiny isn't always flashy. It's not flashy to to get into the word every day. No one's going to see that. No one's giving you an applause for that. It's not flashy because sometimes you don't even feel like opening God's word. Am I right? Am I the only one on that? Sometimes it doesn't, it doesn't feel like it, but we put in the work knowing that it's going to produce godliness. It's going to produce light in us. It's not shiny to choose to, to turn the radio off on your commute to work and, and to pray, but it's what is going to produce godliness. Little boring decisions like that is what, what in the long run are going to produce light within us, shininess within us. Um, in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 11 through 12, Peter says this, Beloved, I urge you as sojourners and exiles to abstain from the passions of the flesh. And I like that he says that because he's not like, like uh, abstain from the world. Oh, that world is always trying to get you down. Oh, the, the, the enemy is always trying to get you down. No, no, no. Sometimes it's our, our very own flesh. It's our very own sinful desires. Abstain from the passions of the flesh, flesh which wage war against your soul. Keep your conduct among the Gentiles honorable, so when they speak against you as as evildoers, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day of visitation. So he's saying keep good conduct. Keep a good reputation among unbelievers. Because when, not if, when they speak evil of you, what are they going to see? They're going to see our good deeds. They're going to see our good works. They're going to see our acts of service. Um, Even Jesus told us that the world's going to hate us because they hate Jesus first. It's going to happen, but but as we continue to to do this work, to do acts of service, we continue to shine brightly the light of Jesus, they will glorify God after seeing what we've done. So this passage requires us, this passage requires us to take a look at ourselves. And I, I did this myself. Um, as I was getting ready for this. And, and there was three main areas I kind of had to look at um, on how to, to be shiny, how to, um, to make this who I am and what I do. And the first one was money. Are you shiny with your money? Are you able to be generous? And I'm not talking about tithe and offerings on Sunday morning. I'm talking about when you see a need and you feel that compassion in your need, to, when, when you see it, and then you're able to uh, help a little bit financially. Now, this isn't always for everyone, but, but sometimes that need is there and you feel it. You're like, oh, I should just, I can, I can give, I can help. But if we are racking up debt and credit cards and, and other things that are all for us because I'm getting stuff that I want right now I'm, and, and, I'm, and I'm in a place where my, my finances and my, my monthly bills are so tight that when it comes to it, I have nothing to give. It's hard to be shiny in that way. I was listening to a radio show um, and a guy called in and said that uh, he was making a, he had a six-figure job. He's making a bunch of money. And uh, they were at church. And there was a call to go on a mission trip uh, to another country and, and serve some people overseas. And his wife felt compelled. She felt compassion to go and answer this call. But this man in his six-figure job could not afford what it took to send his wife on the mission trip. He said in that moment, that's when the light switched. The, 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 it switched in his head to, to make some changes in his life. He realized he was spending a lot on things that didn't matter and he couldn't spend on the things that he wanted to. Um, that was impactful for me 
to say, am I being shiny with my money? And in the same way, uh, our time. Just like we budget money, we need to budget our time. It, our, our, do we have margin in our schedule to be able to serve uh, our church family, to serve the people in this room, to serve the people at the shelter house? Or are we so packed, so packed with, with, with work things and fun things and practice and little league or whatever else? I don't know. But are we so jam-packed that when it comes to the weekend, we're like, oh, man, I, hey, it's really good what y'all are doing, church, but I just need some me time. I got to rest because I've been pushing it hard all week. I mean, you get it, right? right? And we do get it. We live in a very busy place, but as Christians, as believers, we are to be shining with our time and make intentional space in our schedule to be able to serve others than ourselves. And are we being shiny with our families? You know, God forbid, and I'm sure I've been guilty of this before in the past, God forbid we, we, we come and we worship here and we sing how great thou art and we raise our hands in worship and then we fail to mention the name of Jesus throughout the rest of the week. Are we displaying the light of Jesus to our families? Even as we um, gather these backpacks, are we saying that, hey, I'll make a backpack, but I really don't want to take my kids to be around homeless people. Like, you never know with those, with those homeless. You never know what they've been in or what they're going to say. Like, are we uh, hoarding our family, our children, and our, our, those that we love from the dirty, from the least of these in this world? Are we displaying our light to our kids? Displaying that it's okay. Displaying that we can go into dark places and shine. And just in case you think that I'm just beating you guys down, and I don't mean to do that at all. I can tell you, church, Harvest Bible Chapel Fairfax, that you are really shiny. You're really good at this. Uh, now, I have to challenge you because that's what the Bible does when we read verses like this. It challenges us. It call, the Bible calls itself a two-edged sword. It's going to cut to your heart. But can I tell you, I've seen some shininess in our church over the past few weeks. I got a couple of pics up here. This first one, uh, if you see uh, Johnny or Curtis, Eli, or Mr. Scott Munko today, you might want to wave at them from afar because all of them have varying degrees of poison ivy all over their arms because they spent some time doing some work uh, tearing down uh, just a bunch of poison ivy vines. Um, if you really want to get it, see what it looks like, go, go see Mr. Eli Olmstead today. And just take a look at his arms because they are awesome. And by awesome, I mean gross. But they put in the work. They're never going to get uh, uh, recognition from this from the people that they served but they took the hit on the poison ivy so that the kids running around in that yard wouldn't have to. They took the hit for the, for the moms who are letting their kids go out into the yard to, uh, to play, so they don't have to worry about poison ivy. Got another picture up here. Uh, this is our brother Manny. Uh, we got Adrian. That's the back of Chris Murphy right there. But, but I just want to point out over here, now little Gabriel... I promise you, this is not the most fun that he's had in his life. I'm sure there's plenty of things that he would have rather been doing that day. But on this day, his daddy, Manny, showed him that you get down on your knees and you pull up annoying little weeds out of stones to serve someone else. On this day, Manny was not only shining for his community, but he's shining for his family and showing his son how it's done. And, and, and all the time and and money that these backpacks represent. 
Every penny and nickel and dime that we've put in these baby bottles over the last month, it shows that we have the desire to be shiny in our community. We have the want to, and not only the want to, but we're doing something about it to be shiny in our community and in our families. And we're not going to get a round of applause for these things. We're not going to have a special day for all that we did at Go Beyond because this is just what we do. We are light. Light shines. I don't have to describe to you what a, what a candle does because a candle just shines. I don't have to tell you uh, if I had a flashlight here, which I meant to have a flashlight here. I totally forgot. I'm, if I had a flashlight, the flashlight just shines. It's, it's what it does. Light shines. And that's just what we do. Um, I'm going to ask a band to go in and come up here. And we're going to close today, but we're going to, we're going to close with a song. And this song is going to serve as our, as our closing prayer. Because here's the thing. Um, Go Beyond is finished. Like, now don't get me wrong. Go Beyond is going to happen again. Like, this is going to be a part of our culture here at Harvest. You're going to see Go Beyond again later on this year. We're going to have more projects. But as far as July is concerned, we don't have any more projects planned for you. Um, so what are we going to do? We're going to be intentional. We're going to be the church of Jesus Christ. We're going to be the light in our families, in our community, here in our church. We're going to be the light, and we're, and we're going to act on that because that's just what we do. It's who we are and what we do. So we're going to sing this. Above and below me, before and behind me, in every eye that sees me, Christ be all around me. That's our prayer today. So go ahead and stand up. Our Go Beyond projects have finished, but we're just beginning. Um, so if you catch on to the words of this chorus, maybe even close your eyes uh, to make it a prayer, but, but let's sing this together.